You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learned. Abdacha, Austin, Shotakizabi. Jim Field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Bufal shot. Oh my word. Unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Dryer is off. Coffee here. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And I say that no matter where you are. And I really hope that you are at home or maybe on the way to the store or in the store or at the doctor's office or somewhere that is essential. And if you're not, if you're doing something else, uh, my question to you is why? Well, not only why would you be out doing those things at this moment um, when we are all collectively as a, as a human race trying to uh, you know, combat the spread of this global pandemic, but if you're doing those things, why are you listening to this while you're doing that? That doesn't really make any sense. But in the end, it is your choice to listen to this where, whenever you want, wherever you want, or not at all, as the majority of the world seems to do. But that's fine, too, because we are here for you. And this week, obviously, the coronavirus does play a role in life once again. Uh, things have gotten uh, worse in many respects. In California, we are locked down. My, my key to freedom at this moment in time is uh, none other than the dog that... Um, so often times ruins portions of this podcast, but that's okay. That is, that is what we can do. We can walk him. We can get out of the house. Uh, it is nice to do every once in a while. Uh, and, and exercise is still one of those things as long as the park isn't too crowded. But uh, enough of that. Let's talk about this week's episode. I'm joined by John Weeks. You can find him on Twitter at John Weeks 5 and on Instagram at John Weeks. He's a broadcast journalist, a voiceover artist, uh, the PA announcer at St. Mary's Stadium. And now, if you haven't heard him in any of those places, he is here uh, on this show, and uh, I'm looking forward to bringing you that conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about everything from from his life growing up, uh, becoming a Saints fan, getting into football, uh, becoming a journalist, and eventually winding up as the PA announcer. We'll walk through a little bit of the season as well, uh, and and really, it's just a great chat uh, with a great guy, and and I hope that it brightens your day in some in some respect and. Uh, whether you're whether you're listening to this as you cook dinner or because you just want a few minutes away from your children who you suddenly have to now teach um, at home, you're welcome from teachers all across the world. Um, you know, it, I, I hope that it, it brightens your day a little bit. And I hope that, uh, you know, it's just enough Saints chat to kind of keep you going, keep you motivated and all that stuff. And uh, I just also want to say that I hope that everybody out there is safe and well and uh, that you uh, continue to be that way because it is... Uh, it, it, difficult times, different times, um, and all those things. So, uh, enough of this. We'll get to the chat now with John Weeks, uh, and I hope that you enjoy it. And I will talk to you on the other side. 
We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, John Weeks. You can find him on Twitter at John Weeks 5 and on Instagram at John Weeks. You can also hear his voice at St. Mary's when we ever get back there. Uh, he is the PA announcer, also a journalist and a voiceover artist. So, uh, John, welcome to the show and thanks for joining me on, uh, we're recording on Mother's Day. So, uh, happy Mother's Day pass to everybody and, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, not a mother myself, but uh, yes. I'll be wishing my mom happy <laughs> Mother's Day. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I meant, um, for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I never realized, this is like how consumed I am. I, 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 maybe, maybe everybody's like this, but I didn't realize that Mother's Day just wasn't one holiday all over the world that like different countries have different days because our Mother's Day is not for several more weeks. And when I saw Mother's Day trending today, I freaked out because obviously <laughs> most things are closed. Um, I didn't buy anything for my mom. My kids don't have a card for my wife. Luckily, I don't have to worry about that for uh, a little while. So, uh, you know. Pretty selfish of the countries to uh, just not to agree on a day, isn't it, really? It, you know, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. Uh, just, um, but it, it is what it is. But um, how are you on this uh, this Sunday? I don't, I don't know what the weather's like there. It's going to rain here all day. But, um, you know, we're, we're inside anyway because we kind of have to be. That's it. Yeah. I mean, lucky for us, it's quite sunny. It's, yeah, probably quite Californian weather here, actually. We're doing all right. No clouds. Beautiful. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm sorry you can't go out and enjoy it all that much. Um, and I bet today would be a nice day to be down at, at St. Mary's uh, with your view of the pitch from the uh, the PA announcing booth. Oh, very much so, yeah. Miss it already. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I think we're talking about the time we should have been playing against Arsenal. So uh, it, it is... Uh, uh, is that, am, I right? am I right in saying that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's been rearranged anyway because they did well in... Cup. I can't remember which it was. I think it might have been the oh, FA that's Cup. Right. That's right. Basically, moved. yeah, it has been moved anyway. So um, it wouldn't happen anyway this Sunday. But yeah, that I mean, it just shows you how much the this thing is just throwing me. I've stopped paying attention to to way too much, uh, or way too many things, which is which is not a good good look if you're trying to you know do a podcast about things. Um, but it, we'll we'll figure it out. But um, anyway, I, people may or may not know you. Um, obviously you're now the PA announcer at St. Mary's in addition to being a journalist and doing a bunch of other stuff. But, um, I, I guess I, I wanted to go back and just talk a little bit with you about, uh, you kind of being a Saints fan and, and did you grow up as a Saints fan or what was your kind of attachment to the team maybe? Yeah. So yeah, so I'm Salampton born and bred. So sort of been, uh, been drilled into me from, uh, from a young age, um, got into Saints mostly probably when I, I was in secondary school which is sort of high school for you guys um uh you know when it was the sort of James Beatty days um yeah and from then on got you know my dad took me for my first game and we were sort of went from there and yeah absolutely just loved it ever since yeah do you have a a favorite player in the time that you've been been able to watch the team oh I mean there's several really um I think um, I mean recently with my Yoshida going he's been uh, he's been a pretty big one for me because he's been such a legend and been with us for so many years and seen the, the rise of saints and um yeah absolute uh ex- exemplary uh sportsman for me yeah absolutely he's one of those guys where you didn't want to see him leave simply because he just seems like a guy that just is, is very likable and very kind of you know somebody you'd want to be around uh for uh for for an extended period of time um Unlike, you know, some of the people who leave who you're kind of like, well, I'm glad that that period is over. Um, but yeah. of course, when they're here, you want them to, to, to do well. And uh, it's nice that the Yoshida is over in, in Italy with, with Gabby Dini and hopefully everybody is, uh, is safe and Gabby Dini is healing up well um, and, and all of that stuff. But um, I mean, and thinking back to, to going, uh, does your dad still attend matches and, and things like that? Well, he's actually he's not actually a Saints fan, ironically. Um, so he just used to make us because obviously it was nearby and I did support Saints. Okay. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, well, it, the, the awkward thing is, before I got the job, we'd always used to come and watch Saints v Everton at St Mary's. Um, that's what you usually get tickets for, so you could see them. Okay. Um, obviously, I've got the uh, the job. He can't come with me to those games, but I think he'll probably still come and uh, just sort of listen, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and so he's a, he's an Everton fan, so he's not having the greatest season of of, of all time this year either. No, <laughs> no. And I guess. Is he from up, up north, or is he just? Did he just happen to to fall in love with with uh, Everton at some point? Yeah, it's just I think he moved around a lot as a kid, and I think at one point in school, one of his friends was a big Everton fan, and he just randomly got in, got in, uh, you know, got the bug for Everton when he was younger, and has gone from there really. But it is a bit random. Like when I tell people, I'm like, but he's not from Liverpool, and he never grew up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we have we have a lot of Everton fans here in the states. Um, going, uh, you look at Tim Howard and Landon Donovan and things like that. Like people are, are yeah. drawn to them. Um, I just, I, I couldn't do it. I didn't, I don't know. There was something about them. I just watched them play one time and I was like, I don't like that. And then that was, it was that easy. So, um, I guess maybe I dodged a bullet there. Cause I, I don't know if I could live through, uh, you know, all, all of the Liverpool fans giving me, uh, giving me grief this, this season and, and last season too. Um, yeah, but yeah, that. it is what it, it is, what it is. But, um, I, I guess for you and, and kind of going into, to, to moving on from secondary school for, for you and going into journalism. I mean, what, what took you that route? I mean, did you, is it, was it the writing? Was it the kind of, um, were you interested in kind of, uh, I guess just, just diving into stories and kind of uncovering things or what was, what was the draw for you? Well, for me, it was, uh, I, I, was, I, I knew what I was good at, at school. After school, we went to college, which I know is confusing for you because that's our university in America. <laughs> confusing, but basically college is like, the last two years of high school where okay. you're between 16 and 18 years old. Um, and the, all the subjects I chose were things like media, uh, English language. Um, we had a course called communication and culture. Um, and all these, I looked at all the things and I was like, what do all these things match up to? And journalism was it. So <laughs> I, um, I, I basically joined the dots, if you will. And um, that one of the things we had at college was they set up a, radio studio for us to do practice shows on um and we did that for only three or four weeks but i I loved it and i thought yeah this is this is what i want to do okay and so now you spend a a lot of your time behind a microphone and and all that stuff yeah that's it yeah so i work for global which own hearts and capital brands in the uk and um yeah so i read the news for them and it's, it's awesome so since you started doing that i mean what's i guess what's a, a typical day like for you when you're in and, and i guess one of the things that uh, i always w- wonder about and i'll ask you about it when we get to the pa announcing is is how do you kind of get yourself excited to talk about things or or, or in the right mood to talk about things because you got to be excited on the radio and and like fill not just certain time but have, have a certain tone how do you kind of get yourself ready for for that given sometimes that it's probably you know things aren't going well you know in the outside world i guess yeah well that's um that's the sort of the tough thing about it, I suppose. I mean, I, I do the early shift. I'm in the morning, so I'm up at about four in the morning, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, and then work starts at five. Uh, and yeah, I know I know what you mean. If I imagine from that, it's anyone listening to that would go, how can you be, how can you possibly be enthusiastic about things at five in the morning? Um, but to be honest, that you get a thrill out of reading and it's strange because, um, you know, you're not, it's not like you're stood in front of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people everyone's listening somewhere else you can't see them you can't hear them you you know as far as you know they're not necessarily there just you in a room with a microphone but um it's the sort of thrill of knowing that what you're saying has an impact on so many people hundreds and thousands of people um 
and it, the aim is to sort of deliver it, especially at Global. They want you to deliver things in a way that sort of makes people feel a certain way rather than just hearing the facts or, you know, just some sentences lined up against each other and just saying, oh, it's just someone saying this, that or the other. They want you to be a bit more creative with it and have an impact really on people. And that's the sort of motivation for me. I'm always thinking, right, how can I be? Because I'm quite a creative person. All I'm thinking is, how can I make this interesting? How can I make this different? How can I make this worth listening to, essentially? Yeah, because there's a difference between just reading the facts off of a, of a transfer marked page, right? And like, you know, actually talking about the player and, and, and what those stats mean. And, and like you said, making people care. And um, I think we talked before we, we were on, you're kind of, your training is, is, is magazine journalism. Um, how, how different is writing for radio versus writing for, for print, I guess? Yeah, we're to- totally different, really. I mean, for print, you can imagine the newspaper, you've got, you know, columns are massive, really, um, especially compared to radio, where you've got about a minute and a half to get, to get several stories in. So the, the real tough part is cutting, cutting it down, what you're saying, to make it, A, as simple as possible, B, as interesting as possible, um, and C, in a way, short, as short as possible. Um, so it is, it is tough. I mean, yeah, like I said, I've got about a minute, one minute and a half at the top of each hour. And then I think we have about a minute at the at half past the hour in the mornings. And, um, yeah, it's just about being concise, but also actually delivering information, um, and also making it, and making it relatively fun as well, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, people are, are tuning in at specific times to hear that on their way to work and or in between whatever it is. And they, they're kind of relying on that. And, if you come on and you're just flat or you don't get all the, the, the stuff across, then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, 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 whoa what happened there? Um, and, I, and I think like we all have this uh, association with what we expect the radio to sound like. And then if you're if you sound different, too different, I guess it's it's not it's probably not great. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's, it's you know, that there's a reason a, a lot of things sound the same in radio over the years because there's things that work. Um, um, and, you know, it's, that's the challenge really is with the creativity side of things. It's a case of trying to find things that work that are maybe different to the norm but actually if you're listening it sounds right i mean another thing with with especially with the news on radio i mean you're in someone's home most of the time or you're in someone's car mm-hmm. um or your voices and it just seems like you have to to make things a lot more conversational in a newspaper you can write things out you know factual towards factual language and you know long words and everything on radio it's for everyone um and it's like you're chatting to a mate essentially in the news especially um so you've got to be making it sound interesting and like i say concise and uh, fun as well yeah i i mean was there somebody in radio that you kind of have have learned a lot from or was it kind of ju- you just you got to figure it out and did you i guess did you start behind the microphone or did you start kind of just doing other things and then eventually you worked your way up to that point yeah well my first my first job was on the isle of wight actually um which have you heard of the isle of wight mm-hmm. that little blob like at the bottom of the uk uh, my understanding of it is that you know half the island supports uh one team and half the island supports uh southampton and you got to take a boat to get or a ferry back and forth right yeah yeah that's right um and there's a lot of debate on the island about whether or not to have a bridge over instead of a ferry and how much it would cost anyway um, but yeah, so I, I worked there and I, I was lucky enough to um, basically go on air behind the microphone quite early on. Um, and they obviously liked my voice and, and things like that. But um, that was quite nerve wracking. First time doing that. Um, I was quite lucky to have a good team. So I did it, came out of the studio and everyone sort of cheered and stuff, which was quite nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, which you, you don't you don't imagine necessarily would happen. 
but yeah, in terms of learning the trade, it's just just all through bosses and colleagues, and, and I've worked at a few different companies, um, a few different stations, and just learn as you go, really. And it's 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 different to other jobs because you learn you're learning new stuff all the time, really. And different bosses and different staff have different opinions about things, and you can pick things up from different people and sort of hone everything in your own way. Um, which I think is, is a real benefit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and then you take all that and you move forward to, to where you're at now and, and hopefully you just kind of, like you said, continue to pick those things up and, um, yeah, it sounds, it sounds, uh, exciting and, and nerve wracking and, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of always think about uh, my job. I get up in front of students every day and like some days it's like, I, I'd start teaching at seven 30 in the morning and it's like, all right, like 7.15, like you got to be like switched on and ready to go. And because if you come in and, and or the kids come in and you're flat, then that hour is gone. The kids are like, well, you know, we're not doing this today. And it's like, well, that, that you know, you can't, you can't do that. So I can only imagine it's, it's a hundred times worse for you, especially going on at five. I know what, the, I know what that feels like as well. Cause uh, generally <laughs> that's what time we start recording the show is between five and five thirty AM most, most Sundays. So, uh, I, I understand that, but how many days a week are you, are you on? And then how, uh, I guess how long is your shift each morning? So it's just normal, normal sort of eight hours shift, um, and I'm on Monday to Friday, uh, and sometimes weekends. You can sort of pick and choose if you want to do a weekend most of the time, uh, which is cool. Yeah, uh, are you on you on air all eight hours, or do you guys do four on and then and then four off? Yeah, no, on on for seven of the hours, and then you've got an hour at the end just doing other bits and helping the guys in the afternoon, basically. Dang, that's a that's a long time, but, but yeah. sounds sounds awesome. Um, and we should say that's not the only thing you do. And it's might if people hear your voice now and it sounds familiar, it could be from the radio, but it could also be from, from your job at St. Mary's, which you took over uh, this year. And we should say like, you know, you didn't come to it in the best of circumstances, obviously um, Justin Gladys passing away, leaving that vacancy after having done it for, I think 18 consecutive seasons, um, which is, you know, was, was a loss for the saints community. I mean, for you, I mean, obviously a big, uh, kind of opportunity. Um, what was it like kind of, uh, even just hearing about the job and deciding to apply for the job? Where did that kind of come from? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, initially certainly huge shoes to fill with, with Justin passing away and I, I didn't know myself, but I know lots of people who did and, you know, mass, massive part of, of saints being the PA, you know, as you say, 18 seasons. Um, but yeah, for me, it was actually an ex colleague sent a link to the job that had gone online saying, oh, you know, what do you think of this? Um, and I hadn't seen it yet. And I thought, uh, yes. <laughs> when I saw it, I thought that would be amazing. Um, wasn't necessarily convinced that I'd be getting it. I thought I'll, I'll sort, you know, sort of throw my hat in the ring and send some, some audio over and, and just see how I go, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it came from a friend sent, sending a link and I went from there. And then I uh, was lucky enough to get an interview. Um, and then I didn't hear through a about a week or so and I thought oh fair enough someone else got a job someone's better that's fine uh, and then eventually did hear from my now boss um saying congratulations you've got a job when can you start basically and yeah <laughs> blown away. but this is what a way to what a way to a progress my career but also to be able to watch saints all the time yeah yeah and, and from a, a particularly unique vantage point I think um and and I want to ask you about uh some of the some of what your day looks like from there and and maybe mm-hmm. what some of the differences are between um you know, just getting to go watch the team that you love and then kind of working for the team and uh, what, what, what that is. But um, you work with a, with a fantastic uh, crew of, of people or cast of characters. You know, we've had uh, Tom Deacon on the show. We've had Michael Kern on the show. And, um, 
you know, getting to getting little bits of insight from them in terms of what their day looks like and, and things like that. Um, I think, you know, Tom always makes me laugh. He's, he's told me stories of, of being in the tunnel and being told to like, stop celebrating or stop, you know, being upset by, by certain things. And I think it's just like, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of, it would be difficult because I sit here and, and say horrible things when I watch saints and, and now you kind of are, are in this, in this space where you have to kind of be a professional, but also still once again, bring, um, some life and energy to the stadium. And, and there's been, uh, you know, uh, St. Mary's has not always been the, the, I guess the, uh, the most convincing in terms of, of atmosphere, but, uh, you know, things are changing and, and as the team plays better and better, we, I think we'll get more and more behind it. But I think is your job, is there pressure on you to kind of bring some energy in, in, in that regard? Yeah, there is, there is a bit. I mean, to be fair, that one of the great things about the job is the team. The team that I'm in, like you say, with Tom and Michael, is, is a great team. Awesome. Like, the guys are brilliant. They've also helped me and welcomed me in. And everyone's on that same sort of level with banter and things like that. So it's it's really good. And everyone is actually really good at their jobs, um, which you would have learned from those guys that you've, you've interviewed, at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is the thing. I mean, the, the, the way that things have been moving over the years at football you know, 30, 30 years ago, maybe not even that much, you might think, you know, going to a football game, you go in, you watch football, you maybe have a beer, maybe have a, a burger, you go home. Now it's, you know, look at how big the Premier League is. Yeah. It's massively about the experience, massively. And, you know, all clubs are doing it. All clubs are trying to make it as much of a, of a day out for fans as possible. Um, so, you know, um, I know you're talking to, to Michael in the, in the last episode about um, the fan zone. That's a new addition to, to St. Mary's, which um, difficult to appreciate, obviously, if, you, if you're not local, if you don't come to the games, such, such as yourself. But um, for, for fans going to the game, huge. Um, it's, there's so much that goes on I did not realise. Because a lot, of, a lot of fans will come in and, and aim to get to the stadium for, you know, kick-off time just before kick-off. Come in to the stadium, a um, bit of half-time. Um, down down uh, in, inside getting a burger or a pie or whatever and then back up and watching the rest of the game but the people who come earlier to the matches there is so much to see and to do and you know outside the stadium there's so many things and charities getting involved in the saints foundation and activities for kids and you know the full there's, there's so much to organize um which i did not realize and until i saw my first day where i started on doing the pa doing the pa work um it's mad. It's mind blowing. So, so the pressure is there, but it's like it's not just on me. It's on it's on this whole entertainment team that I'm in to to make things as enjoyable and different and cool and 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 an experience for everyone as much as possible. Yeah. So I guess the the atmosphere kind of builds from well before kickoff, uh, before oh, yeah. people even enter the stadium. It's just kind of approaching the stadium and and getting, like you said, getting involved with all of the the other things going on that kind of sets the tone for as people get in and get ready to watch the team. I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, it's something. It's something like I say, you, you, you don't think about. But there's, I mean, I, I get in. I mean, people, people might listen to this, might think, oh, PA announcer, you rock up just before kickoff, <laughs> game, really, <laughs> shout out a couple of goals, go home. Um, but it's not that. It's get in. We get in about on a three o'clock kickoff game. We get in at about eleven, half past eleven in the morning. Sit with the team that I'm in. We all have a team debrief about what's going on, what's going on at halftime. What sort of order we're doing things in? What to what notes, special notes? What's different this this game to the next game? There's a lot to think about, um, and everyone obviously has to be on the same page so we all know what's coming up at different points. Um, and you know, there's loads of things going on, like they do mental health awareness in the Premier League now. So sometimes there'll be a day when that's going on. There's other things happening. 
Um, half time is always different. Um, and I mean, one of the things uh, we had recently with half time was a, a proposal, um, which is, again, one of the things you might not have seen necessarily. Um, I don't think they put it on, on TV, but um, uh, yeah, proposal on, on the uh, at half time. And the, that was good because it was a, a couple who run a charity. And the guy had set it up with our team and our boss came in and told us about it. We were all getting buzzing, going, oh, you know, this is going to be hilarious. It's going to be great. Um, hoping that the fans would get behind them. Um, so the, the premise was the, this couple would go, were coming on to talk a bit about their charity. And then they both take a penalty um, at half time. So um, it was funny being one of the people who knew because it, <laughs> I felt a bit guilty for knowing because I thought, well, this is her sort of day really to be proposed to. <laughs> I know yeah. it's coming. Um uh, but we were all in the box watching, and obviously you had Tom and also Steve who, who, and, and um, Michael who do the halftime stuff down um, chatting to them. Um, and Tom was brilliant, actually, because he, he basically set them up and was chatting to them before just ahead of the proposal. And it was brilliant. And the crowd cheered when he, when he asked her. He got down on one knee. Um, it, was, it was brilliant. And that's the sort of stuff that sort of makes it a bit more of an experience for people. Because I can imagine myself as a teenager or even as a slightly intoxicated you know, 21 or 22-year-old um, really, really having a go at those people for, for doing that. But, um, I mean, w- w- were you guys at all nervous that the, the crowd wasn't going to get behind them and do it? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say nervous. I mean, it's one of those things, if, if the crowd didn't get behind them, it'd still be great for her because I mean, she's in front of 30,000 people being proposed to, and it's still nerve wracking for him because he's got to propose in front of 30,000 people. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I think the, the fan, the fans are actually quite good at saints and they, they will react to that sort of thing happening. And, and you know, they did thankfully, which was great. Um, but um, yeah, it was just it was just excellent, and I think for those things like that that are a bit different, and maybe not everyone sees it coming, um, you can't. The, the fans definitely get behind. Nice. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that stuff works out, and I guess that that kind of stuff would always be uh, like you said one of those things that I, I don't think about. I've never, I I didn't see it on TV, but yeah, I can only imagine that you know you come in and, and they're like, hey, t- proposal today, uh, you know. Um, you know, little kids doing dizzy penalties next week. Uh, it's got to be different all, all the time. Um, you mentioned you come in, uh, you have a debrief, uh, you go through what else is involved in kind of your, your match day routine. Once that meeting's over, what do you, what are your responsibilities, I guess, as, as you build up to kickoff? Yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, we do all the tests basically. Um, once, once we finish the, the debrief, everyone goes up into the box, which is where I see, which you would, you would have seen the, the, the pictures of the view from. Um, and we run through all the things that we're doing in terms of what goes up on the big screens, what music is coming out and when, um, making sure the cameras all work, the halftime stuff and the pre-match stuff, uh, microphone checks, obviously, um, which I'm quite, quite happy we do that. <laughs> it's a bit of a nightmare otherwise. Um, yeah, so there's, it's all of that stuff. And I mean, for me personally, I'm, I'm, I quite like to make sure I'm getting all the pronunciations right for like the away teams. Okay. Um, all the players so a lot of it is is me going through like youtube clips and trying to find like teams where they say their names or like you know youtube videos of of players just when they've signed and just hoping i hear them say their name and just so i get it right i mean most of them i do know just from watching things like match of the day or just watching games um but there's always one or two i think do i know this should i check yeah i'm gonna check um just to make sure because i don't i don't want to like read out a name and it'd be wrong and everyone think i'm i'm, I'm an idiot yeah uh well i mean your name I, I imagine growing up most people didn't mess your name up um when i was growing up my name was constantly messed up um you got printed a lot as as mark matt stone or mark stone or other things like that um so i'm used to that 
And it was like my mom was always one of those people who would just yell at you at your at your job as I'm being announced playing sport or whatever. Um, my mom would <laughs> yell to to get the name right. And it's like that was always one of those things where like I, I could block out a lot of things. Um, but even, you know, uh, playing in college and stuff like I could still hear my mom yelling at the PA announcer to get my name right, which is just really, really annoying. Um, but I love her. So it's all people like your mom that I'm doing it for then. <laughs> yes. Yes. So thank you. Uh, and th- thank you for, for the, the extra effort you're putting in. Uh, and I wanted to ask it, is there ever a player that you're just like, I really hope they don't score like, or I hope they don't come off the bench. Is that, has there ever been a, an away player where you're just like, I just can't quite nail the name. <laughs> there have definitely been a couple. I, I can't, I can't remember sort of one or, or two specifically. Um, uh, Sam Maximan, the Newcastle player. That's always a difficult one because you, you look at the word and you think, you, I read this completely, especially when I'm used to saying the saint. And it, part of his surname is saint. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking, oh, you know, part of me is thinking, oh, please don't. Um, uh, yeah, I know he did, uh, which was great. But um, I didn't. I got it right, thankfully. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd written it down sort of phonetically, so I got it right. Um, but yeah, you know, there's, there are a few every now and then. And they, I've seen the team sheet and I'm like, oh, can you just not be substituted or not score or just, <laughs> just please? Um uh, but you know, I, that's why I like to do that work just so that I'm ready, uh, in case it happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure you come across, uh, uh, plenty of, of weird pronunciations and things on the radio as well. Um, and then, so for you kind of, as the game's going on, I guess, what's the, I guess, what's the most stressful part of the job and, and granted, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that the job is, you know, I'm not going to say it's not stressful because I, I would be stressed out the entire time, every single match day, but it is fun, but I mean, what is what is a, like the one part you worry about maybe more than everything else? I mean, it's it's a double it's a double stress really because uh, obviously you've got you've got the job, but initially you you are sort of watching as a fan, and as any football fan knows, it's stressful watching your football team regardless. Even if you're doing well, um, you're still thinking, oh, what if this happens? You, you know, you're, you're engaged in the game and focusing. Mm-hmm. So there's that first initial layer of stress as a football fan, hoping your team does well etc etc on top of that you've then got knowing that you you're gonna have to read things out to 30,000 people potentially that they won't like potentially that they will like um so that's another layer but the i say probably for me the most stressful thing about it often is when actually at the moment when var calls are being made because we basically have a a, what in the box with me is, is another guy who's listening to the var feed essentially which i think is the same one that the referees are listening to okay so if something controversial looks like it's it's happened but the game's kept playing he will say oh it sounds like they're checking this or might be checking this um and um it's a case of just of just getting to grips with that in my head and thinking okay i might have to say something here i might have to do something quite quickly um it's it's things like that and also hearing out we usually have someone telling us about the substitutions um who's going to come on who's about to come on or off and it's it's basically preparing for those things quite quickly when perhaps there's 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 a goal about to be scored or it looks like something's happening a bit controversial in the game and i'm trying to concentrate as a fan because i want to know what's going to happen i'm trying to concentrate as a commentator so i know what i've got to say next and i've got to concentrate on someone in my ear telling me what to do so there there's there's that kind of thing that, that, that that's the sort of element of the job that perhaps people wouldn't necessarily think of um and it maybe even just saying it like that it might sound quite simple but it's just it's the concentration levels um are quite high in that sort of scenario yeah i can only imagine you know late in the game because most substitutions are happening at, at critical points right like people are trying to make changes to, to impact the game or maybe you have a corner and now they're not coming on or they are coming on and yeah. and 
I would I would get lost. I, I because I think if you I mean, we, you don't have the outline that has a game on it, but my my notes for the first half tend to be much more um, much more thorough than the second half, where I'm basically just typing uh, this season been a bunch of curse words um, and and then uh, you know a, a bunch of other horrible things that I, I don't then read on here. Um, and I can only imagine kind of what it's like to to be there and be live and have to kind of get the get get all that stuff right. Um, as you've gone through this and and you've gone, you know, I I don't know if if we will finish the season or, or what. So uh, you've been there for most of the season. What's I guess what's one thing that you've learned uh, from doing this job that maybe like you said you didn't quite expect? Yeah, I think it, I think it is I think it is that um, that sort of element of well, there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I didn't realize how much um, of a team there was behind not just the sort of match day experience, but also, like I was saying, things outside with the the, um, the fan zone outside and all the other things I was, I was talking about. I did not realize how much work went into it, um, which you, I guess you wouldn't anyway, because if you're a fan, like I said, you just rock up, maybe do one or two of these things, um, but you don't, you don't see all the work that goes behind organizing them all. And that's, that's the most impressive thing for me. Um, outside of that, with the actual job, I didn't know what to expect because obviously I've never done PA announcing at a, at a football club. Um, let alone my football club, which is obviously great. But um, yeah, it's just, it's all the things that, that, that go around your job that are happening around your job and how you sort of introduce things and things that get introduced around you and things like that. Um, they're the things really that, that took me back a bit, but also impressed me with, with how things run at the club. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just thinking, I mean, yeah, I, do, I don't know. It, it, it seems like there's a, there's so much more that goes on than, than people would, would realize. And, um, I was kind of thinking, you know, as a, as a kid, you know, you don't realize all the things your, your parents do. Um, you kind of think things just happen. Dinner just gets made. The house just gets clean. Like it's, it's just, it's magic. And really it's not magic. There's a lot of, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that, uh, and I imagine it's the same way that I look at the football club and, and what happens on a match day and, and, uh, maybe what most fans do as well, where it's just, there are all these things that are happening that we're just not aware of. And, um, I'm just going to choose to sit back and just appreciate it and know that there's a lot that, uh, that I don't quite understand. Um, and remember not to yell at you if you get the name wrong. Um, I, I mean, normally we would be able to talk about, about an actual match that, that has just happened, but of course there, there are larger kind of more important things going on in the world, which means we, we don't have that. Um, but I wanted to kind of reflect on some of the things that have happened this season. Um, I'll, I'll start with kind of what has been your match that is, I, I get stood out to you as being kind of the most enjoyable or your favorite so far. Uh, and then what were some of the things that made that match stand out from from some of the others? Yeah, I think um, I was thinking about this. And actually, I think um, our New Year's Day game against uh, Tottenham, um, obviously a 1-0 win. Um, perhaps not the result a lot of people were expecting, because obviously Tottenham at least were at the time doing OK. Um, and obviously they're, they're now considered one of the top six in the Premier League. Um, Mourinho has, has come in and been in for around about a month, I think. Um and yeah, we we just had the awesome run that was December and got ourselves out of trouble. And this was sort of another game to add to that. Um, and it was brilliant. I mean, Tottenham weren't very good on the day um, and we were, um, which was uh, brilliant. And to do that at home with a home record not being amazing so far this season, it was it was just brilliant. And one of the things obviously was that the Danny Ings goal um, where he lifted it, over, lifted it over Toby Alderweireld, who's obviously an ex-Saint. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was just brilliant. I don't think anyone necessarily saw it coming, but it was just such a good good goal. An assist from Jack Stevens as well from the back. 
um that was great and i think as well as that something else that made it good was was the sort of banter that jose Mourinho was getting from our fans <laughs> yeah uh, especially the chant you're not special anymore which i thought was, was brilliant um yeah it was it was a it was a good game because again it was it was a weird one because new year's day i, I don't think i've done anything on new year's day my whole life until this year because of that <laughs> game um it's you know for everyone usually it's a it's a lay on the sofa get a dominoes kind of day mm-hmm. um but uh, but yeah, to, to go to work, I was I was sort of thinking, oh, you know, it's a bit it's a bit frustrating. I can't you know go out and get completely drunk on the night before. But at the same time, I thought, no, it's gonna be great New Year's Day football game. Um, uh, and so managed made sure I got enough sleep, got in, um, and yeah, it turned out to be a, a, an awesome game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, Boxing Day and New Year's Day are always difficult matches to watch because or, or pay attention to because we they they happen quite early i think a couple of seasons ago um we we played spurs on boxing day and it started i want to say it started at like 3 30 or 4 in the morning and um i was not in a good place and <laughs> having to get up and watch that game and then just watch us watch us get absolutely destroyed was uh was a bit frustrating but uh, I'm glad that you were able to, to, you know, it, it was probably, you probably felt better for it anyway, uh, having, having to be in and then, uh, have something to do the next day. Keep you, keep you honest, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's, um, yeah, I should say, keep, keep yourself honest, but also like, um, uh, just going to football. I mean, you can't, you can't really go wrong, even if you're, you're hungover or tired or not in the best mood, it changes your mood and, yeah. um, it's, <laughs> you can't really ask for much more from a day than that. Yeah. Um, we'll go from one extreme to the other here. I imagine I know what's coming when I ask the question, but maybe, maybe not. I won't, I won't lead you too far, but, um, I mean, has there been a match that was tougher than, than all of the rest and one that you would kind of, you know, not want to repeat if you could? Uh, I think for me, it's actually the, the Wolves game that we played recently. Um, and, and it's only because again, like I say, this was, this was just after beating Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'd won several games on the trot. We just had December, which was amazing. It's after that Tottenham game. We'd beaten Huddersfield in the FA Cup. You know, the optimism was at the highest it's been this season, I think. Um, and we went into this game against Wolves. Obviously, Wolves are a great side, and they've done really well again this season. And some of the players they've got are awesome. Um, but it just felt like this was going to be another win. Um, we were going to continue, you know, this upward trend and just keep going, keep going. Um and it's just, I think for me, it's just the fact that we started so well. 15 minutes in, Bednarek scores. Then Shane Long scores. You're 2-0 up in the first half. You're thinking, this is right, brilliant. We could just wrap this up now. That's easy, simple. Um, and, you know, not to take anything away from Wolves, because they, like I say, they're a great side. And they showed it because they scored three goals past us after that. And, and it was just to be on such a high at half time, especially for us in our team, when things go on at half time, we're doing things for the fans and you know spirits so high and we're like yeah you know and it gives everyone especially people like tom who are pitch side to give them a boost mm-hmm. um you know when it comes to like chatting to fans or whatever they're doing or the dizzy penalties um and then to finish the game and you're on a low and it, that was just that was really frustrating uh, for me but um but like you know like i said it's football it's up there's ups and downs and um you know we, we have sort of bounced back in a couple of games since yeah yeah and, and after a match like that i mean what's your what I guess what when does your day end you're in at 11 30 or so three o'clock kickoff yeah. what time do you finally get out of there so it's so we, it's not too long after the the end of the match um we hang around um so the players go off and then we sometimes have a few sort of announcements after that 
So once the players are off the pitch, do the final announcements, you know, telling everyone when the next game is and wishing everyone a safe trip, trip home. Um, and then it's just a quick sort of debrief with everyone at the end of the game. Um, and then, and then we go home. So it's, it's not like you're hanging around for ages after the game. There's not really too much to do for us. Once it's finished, we sort of done our job. We've done the entertainment team package and, um, and we can head off. So it, it's all right, but it's because of the, the traffic, it's never a quick journey home. Um, so it's a case you, you've got the time to digest the performance. Well, yeah. And then, I mean, all of you, I think on the entertainment side of things, at least the, the, the crowd facing portion, I think you guys all work elsewhere, right? You guys all have other things that you do. So you come in, um, you, you, you do the thing for the match day and then you have to go worry about other stuff that happens. And, and like you said, the traffic around St. Mary's, um, I, I've only ever dealt with it one time and that was, that was enough. I will take the train from now on and walk. Um, next time I'm in, I'm anywhere close. Um, and yeah, I, I can, I can, I can only imagine what the, what that's like. And I got, I, I guess the, I don't know, I, it would be hard for me to kind of turn around and walk away after a match and, and try to refocus. I don't, I don't do well. I, I do really well if I can focus on one thing only. Um, unfortunately that's not how life really works for, for most people. So, uh, I guess I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Um, and I was, honestly, uh, I was, I was planning on you. I thought you were going to wind up saying the, uh, the Lester game there and I'm glad you didn't. So, uh, we'll just, we'll just move on. <laughs> oh. I wasn't. I wasn't there. I wasn't actually there for that game. Thankfully, okay. um, I hadn't stopped at that point. Um, but yeah, apart from that, obviously, that, that probably is the one. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, all right. Well, I, first of all, I would just want to say thanks for um, you know talking uh, in an extended uh, portion about about the job and and all that stuff. And I hope uh, the listeners uh, enjoy that. Obviously, we don't have a match to talk about and trying to keep it uh, you know Saints related and positive and all that stuff. So it's it's been uh, a pleasure to talk to you about that. I have a couple of questions. Uh, from some listeners, we didn't get a ton in. Uh, I think people are uh, trying to. It's hard to come up with questions when uh, I think people are, you know, not really sure what what's happening with the football club and all that stuff. But um, we did have one from a patron of the show, and patrons get priority for having their questions answered each and every week on the show. Um, so Luke Millard asked uh, for last week's guest. Uh, we didn't get it on the show because I missed it. Um, but he said, if you had to name your kid after one Saints FC player, um, who would it be? And uh, for me. If I go first here, I have I have a kid and my name is Matt. Um, it's it'd be pretty easy to go with with Letitier. Um, but I think people would think I'd be selfish. But I would still do it just because I can just I could always pass it off and say no 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 it's it's him not me. <laughs> if you had to do that, uh, what what Saints player would you would you look to to use as a as a name? Uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to see past Matt Letizia. Like I think I'd probably be the same. I can get away with it because my name isn't Matt like yours. But um. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's as well as being a player. I mean, he's 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 brilliant everywhere else now on Twitter. He's hilarious. He's obviously on Sky Sky Sports doing bits and stuff now, which again he's brilliant at. Um, and I've ha- I've met him a couple of times. Um, with you know, in in my work as a journalist and, and interviewed him a couple of times, and he's 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 always been great. And he's you know he's a huge character for Southampton. Um, so I'll be boring. I'll say Matt Lindsay. All right, that's 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 fine with me. I don't think anybody's gonna, gonna doubt you or be be upset with you there. Um, I can say that um, Freddie from the Ugly Inside was nice enough. Um, my, my kind of one interaction with Matt Letizia was uh, when I did the hundredth episode of the show. Um, Freddie managed to pull him aside, and, and Matt sent me a, a video from Freddie's phone about just you know talking about the show and saying thanks and and all that stuff and congratulations. And I was like, you know, I'm sitting at, at school, and then I open up my phone on a ten minute break, and it's like all of a sudden there's this, and it's like, well, you know please make sure you save this so you don't ruin it and lose it somewhere. And, and it mean, it means a lot. And the fact that he would do that, I think I, it's for me, it says a lot about him and, and, uh, 
like you said, he's funny everywhere else and it makes it, uh, it makes, make, makes for a good follow on Twitter. Um, yeah, you know, um, anyway, uh, if you had to be quarantined with a former player, we'll go former player since you work for the club. I won't put you on the spot with anybody who's currently there. Um, because we're under quarantine here in California. Um, I, I mentioned in the newsletter last week, my wife actually tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, her symptoms are really mild. She's fine. We're all fine, but we have to stay inside and be uh, 14 days symptom-free before we can really do anything. Um, if you had to be quarantined with a uh, former Saints player, uh, which one would you pick and why? It's, it's difficult. I mean, I think I think it's, it's between two for me, and it would be either Ricky Lambert or Kelvin Davis, just because um, both of them seem like, from stories and also from other places you've seen interviews or heard, heard them, um, they seem like massive characters. And they were massive characters at times at Saints, which were probably the best in you know the last 20 years, really, you know, the rise up from League One. Mm-hmm. The stories they, these guys have got must be amazing. Um, so, yeah, if we were quarantined, they'd have plenty of time to, uh, to chat to me about it. So, um I'd say probably, yeah, one of those two, Kevin Davis or Ricky Lambert, definitely. All right, all right. Uh, I won't ask you who you least like to be, to, to be quarantined with just because I don't want to put you in a weird spot in terms of, <laughs> of your job, um, even though I would like to know. I won't, I won't put that on the air. But, yeah, I, I imagine the the you kind of – I'm not sure who I would want because you want somebody who's going to, like, clean up. There's nothing worse than being around somebody who won't clean up after themselves or is just an absolute disaster. And I, I don't know if you dealt with, with roommates in, when you were at university or, or, or not, but um, – a lot of us have had people who just don't clean up after themselves. That gets uh, on my nerves a little bit. But yeah, you also want somebody who's going to be fun. And I think those two guys would, like you said, be a lot of fun and have a, a lot of stories to share um, uh, th- from their careers and from their time at Saints. And uh, I mean, if you haven't seen that picture of, of Kelvin Davis at some point, then uh, you know he is obviously a massive character. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll we'll just leave it there because if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, Google it. You'll find it eventually. Um, but yeah, but John, I just want to say thank you and. Uh, before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to kind of talk about or discuss or, or say or anything else? Yeah, well, I just, I'm just sort of hoping that we can, we can get football uh, back and going again. Obviously, it's a very difficult situation for everyone all around. Um, I miss it as a fan, but also as a job, <laughs> really, at, at St. Mary's. Um, but yeah, it, just, it would be great, to, um, it'd be great to, get, to get football back at some point. I'm, there's a lot of this debate about it at the moment, isn't there, about when should it go ahead again? Should it go ahead? Should they call it a day? Should they just write off the season? I, I think it needs to be finished one way or another. And if we have to wait a few months, then I say go for it. Yeah, well, I guess uh, that it does bring up something I would actually uh, like to ask you. And in terms of, you know, if the season were to go ahead now, um, behind closed doors, what, I mean, as somebody who works with the crowd and is in charge of that kind of that thing, like how much of a miss is that for, for the the club potentially um in the players and how much does that change the dynamic of the game if we if we go ahead with it with no with no crowd in the stands yeah i mean it's, it's difficult I, I think that it's difficult to to sort of speculate because if it's all depends on on how the players see it um you know i don't you know ideally no one would want that everyone would want coronavirus to clear off tomorrow and we could just carry on as normal but um i think it depends on the players really and how and how they see it i think fan, fans always give players a boost um, but at the same time, would, would players be a bit more relaxed if they felt like behind closed doors it, it was a bit less pressure? I don't know. It's difficult. I think Premier League players are at that level because they respond to the pressure and they, they the, the fans help in that way. And um, it, it's a difficult one, really. I, 
I, I don't want to say this, that, or the other because I'm not sure what the best solution is. And sure. I don't think anyone necessarily does so far. But but yeah, that's that's what I think. I think it's 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 a difficult one to call. But I think <laughs> I speak for everyone. Just say we just want the football back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, uh, you know, at one point it looked like the United States was trending more towards shutting everything down. And the Premier League was like, we're going for it. We're going ahead. And then, you know, Mikel Arteta obviously turned up um, having tested positive. Calum Hudson-Odoi tested positive. Um, and then it went like, oh, no, I'm going to have several months off of work and no football to watch. And it all got very real. At the, and obviously, it's much bigger than, than just, just, just football. But um, it is one of those things that this is most weekend mornings from about 4 a.m. to about 9 a.m. That's kind of what I do is, is I get to sit down and just kind of enjoy um, match after match after match. And uh, I, I miss it. I miss I miss watching the players. I miss watching, um, you know, trying to analyze the game and, and just, you know, texting about it with friends and all of that stuff. I miss I miss all that. It's like a part of my uh, my routine is gone. And I can only imagine what it's like for for people who each and every weekend, you know, get up. Some people come in from Salisbury, so they have a, a journey to make or, or other places. And they, that kind of part of their life now is, is gone. And so many people use football kind of as an escape that now that, that, that escape isn't there. And this is maybe the time we need it the most. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And, and you can, you can tell it's, it's one of the sort of things where you almost don't realize because it's so normal. It's so every day, you know, football almost year round most years these days you know it was going to be the euros this year but obviously not anymore and i think that it's something you don't realize until it's gone it's just that, that sort of uh, that sort of classic saying um until something's gone you don't realize how much you miss it and it's a weird thing to say because it's not like it's a loved one or it's something that's like your your job that you love or whatever obviously for me it is thankfully but um it's it's not a normal thing necessarily to miss as much as i think a lot of people are yeah, it it feels selfish to complain about it not being there, um, but at the same time, it, 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 it I'm still going to because it is something that I, I miss, and I think my wife has noticed how much I miss it because it's she's like, man, you are irritable, and I'm like, ah, you know, it's just I don't like being cooped up, I don't like being able to not have my routine. It's like all of that stuff that kind of plays into it, and and not being able to 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 see the team play just makes me makes me mad. But I guess that's what YouTube is for, and uh, you know, I'll continue to. I, I imagine all of the uh, the YouTube channels are, are getting lots and lots of hits as people try to find highlights and things like that. Um, trying to stay, uh, I, I guess, just satiated with uh, with with football. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's sort of what I've been doing. I was watching a, a video earlier of uh, some of the worst own goals in the Premier League, and I think it's all that kind of stuff is going to start trending massively. I think as people try and get their fix. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been kind of like you know I've rolled my eyes a couple of times at some of the stuff that uh, some of the networks have put out as a. Uh, you know, we're just going to run, I think they ran goals of the season. They ran every single goal in the Premier League season from like 2005 on. They just were going to play right. every single goal. It was like however many hours that is of goals. And I was just like, like these are okay, but like there's no context to them. Sometimes it's like, literally it's like four seconds, a, a, a highlight. And it's just like, I can't even, I don't have time to read the player's name and then the ball's in the back of the net and then they're moving on. It's just like, I don't, I don't really want to watch that, but. Um, you know, I'll, I'll look for Saints highlights and try to learn a little bit more about the the history of the club because I guess that's what I guess that's why I'm here. So, um, yeah, I just want to say thank you again uh, for doing this. Um, it's been a pleasure to to chat with you, and I'm sorry it didn't kind of come under under better circumstances, but I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this, and and I, I just want to say thanks. 
No worries. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate uh, you asking me on. And uh, yeah, hopefully once things are back up and running again, we can do a, we can do a debrief of the game. Yeah, I would, lo- I would love that. And as long as you are, are up for it, uh, you're always welcome. You're always welcome here. So um, if people can, can hear you again uh, on the radio, um, you will be on, like you said, Monday through Friday. Um, and once, once football is back at St. Mary's, you'll be back there as well. If they want to follow you on Twitter, it's at John Weeks 5 and on Instagram at John Weeks. And uh, yeah, the links to that are in the show notes so people can, can get in touch with you there. Actually, thank you very much. And that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to John Weeks. You can find him on Twitter at John Weeks 5 and on Instagram at John Weeks. You can find him on voiceovers and on the radio and on the PA at St. Mary's once we get back there. Uh, I am very much looking forward to you getting to listen to him because that means football is back uh, and that's something we're all waiting for. But of course, there are things that are uh, slightly more important right now, like the health of the entire world. So uh, I hope that you are uh, staying in. Um, Several people reached out last week uh, after the newsletter and I said that my wife has actually tested positive for uh, the virus. She is fine. We should be off quarantine, um, you know, in a couple of days. And that will be nice. But um, until then, we remain in the house, um, kind of devoid of human contact. So uh, the dog is important at this point. uh, And so is the rest of my family, I guess. Don't laugh at me. I was laughing at you. Trying to record. This is serious business. I understand that. And the dog has always been important. Nah, debatable. If you'd like to get in touch with this show on Twitter or Instagram, you can do that. We're at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC Delivery. You can get all of those links and many more at SouthamptonDelivery.com. Let us know what you think. If you want us to address some of your questions, uh, you can do that there as well. Uh, The show would not be possible without the partners of the show. Uh, Southampton page is on Twitter and Instagram at Southampton page on Twitter and at Southampton page one on Instagram. The logo design is by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. I think that does it for this week. We'll have a newsletter on Friday and we'll be back next week looking at something else. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more information on uh, the future of the Premier League and Saints and, and the health of the rest of the world as well. I'm going to go pretend to walk the dog. Talk to you next time. And until then, remember that together, we march on. <laughs>